0: Welcome to the Human Being Unleashed podcast where we redefine, realign, and reimagine what it means to be human so that you can live a life with the health, wealth, and relationships that are inherently yours. Imagine a world where children grew up and never had to take anxiety medication, antidepressants, or do things like have to go to therapy their entire life. I mean, imagine a a place of mentally and emotionally fulfilled children who knew how to handle their thoughts, process their emotions, and reorganize their nervous system so they can thrive. I mean, imagine the impact. That this would have on the growing suicide rate, the mass shootings that are happening, and, of course, the chronic mental health problems that are just skyrocketing year after year. I genuinely believe, along with my crazy business partner and a couple of other people, that such a place can exist, no matter how crazy it sounds. In fact, it's actually not that crazy at all when you realize that the technology that can accomplish this exists today. And I'm going to share a crazy simple idea that could change the world as we know it and provide parents all over the world with the peace of mind, knowing that no matter what happens, their children will be resilient enough to handle anything that comes their way. All right. Now, before I share that, let me first share something about myself. Although I come off very confident to a lot of people, you know, um, growing up, I actually um, experienced what what a lot of us did around the world right? I stopped believing in myself. I stopped believing in my own worth and value as a human being. I remember this one day. I was about four, yeah, I was about four years old because it was pre-K, and I came to school, and uh, as class started, our teacher began handing us these dry erase boards with the marker, and then she told us to sit down, and write our names on these whiteboards, and, uh, um, and then to go to her desk when we're done, show her, and so I remember I sat there, and I quickly scribbled my name really fast, and and uh, within, like, seconds, in my little mind, I was like, oh, my God, this is perfect. So I remember looking up, and I noticed all the other kids were still writing, which made me think immediately, oh, snap, I just beat everybody. Like, I'm the smartest one in this dang room. So I get up. I'm feeling really confident about myself. And then here I go, happy dancing, begin walking to the teacher to show her how smart I am, right? However, when I showed her the dry erase board, something else happened. She looked at that whiteboard and said, This is not how you write your name, Adrian, because your name does not start with an H. And then she turned it over and she pointed out the fact that I spelled Hudrin or like Hdrin instead of Adrian. In that moment, as a little kid, I thought that an H was an A. So I said, That is an A. And she replied very angrily, no, it's not. That's an H. And then she leaned over and she connected the, the, uh, the top lines of the H to make an A and shouted, this is how you write an A. And then she erased my name and she said, go back to your seat and rewrite it and then come back when it's done. I grabbed the board and there was something different in my walk on my way back to my chair. Instead of feeling good about myself and smart, I felt small and like an idiot. My shoulders, they dropped. My head was once high and I was hanging low, and my chest was caved in. like my posture just changed immediately. and in that moment, I said two words that would change the trajectory of my life from that moment on. And those two words were, "I am stupid. I'm stupid." Now, I say those words changed my life because those words became core beliefs from that point on. I began seeing the, like, life, I began seeing the world through the lenses of that statement. I'm stupid, I'm stupid, I'm stupid. It wasn't just an opinion in my eyes. Growing up, I I was convinced that it was a fact, and I assumed it to be true. And I immediately felt like all of the other kids, by default, were smarter than me because I was inherently broken or stupid which made them more significant than me too, right? Well, to a four-year-old boy, this seems to be true. And I grew up from that age as a seemingly confident boy, but I felt like an idiot most of my life. I felt so small, like I was incapable of doing things, anything. And because I felt this way, I acted this way, and I never applied myself in school growing up because I felt like there was genuinely no point in trying to accomplish something if I'm stupid anyway. Right, Then my bad grades, they reflected the idea that I was stupid, which made me believe it even more. And I said, see, told you so, I am stupid. And I then went on to develop all this anxiety around social situations because I felt too small. I felt too stupid to be around people. And I saw everybody as smarter than me, better than me, bigger than me, somehow, some way. And not to mention, as you guys know from listening to this podcast, I'm listening to my voice every single week. I have a... I had a speech impediment, and growing up, it was a horrible speech impediment, right? Not all my R's sounded like W's, and my tongue slipped straight through my teeth. And every time I said S, it said th- instead. And just drove an even deeper, deeper feeling of brokenness, which led me to living in this complete despair from my middle school years onward. And look, I don't, I don't tell you these, like, this story to like, gain your, your pity, but I tell you this story to demonstrate a very simple thing and that is children all over the world are making up stories about themselves all of the time. I am stupid was just a story that I said to myself at a young age, but I assumed that it was true. Was it really true though? No, but I believed that it was, and I believed it for for over 20 years until I became aware that it was indeed a made-up story and not a fact of life. You see, in all of us, have stories that we've made up about ourselves and many of these stories come from our childhood many of them like a client i had using uh hypnotherapy we're able to take him to uh, a moment to get over his doubt he had a lot of doubt going on so he went back to a memory where he was six years old playing football with his brothers and his friends and on that particular day his friends they were passing the ball but they weren't passing it to him they were only passing it to his brother And he was sitting there asking for the ball, but nobody was giving it to him. And I noticed his facial features, I mean, his facial expression, like while we were in the session, it started to change and droop down a little bit. And I said, how do you feel right now? And he said, I feel like nobody wants me. And I said, "Uh, how do you know that's true? He said, nobody's passing me the ball. And I said, what are you making that mean? And he said, well, I'm not good enough, and everybody's better than me. Well, you see why he had all this doubt and why he compared himself to others as a grown man? Because that story he created at six years old, that story that he wasn't good enough and that everybody was better than him, was still driving his feelings towards himself. And like my client, we all assume certain things to be true about ourselves based on events we experience, a lot of them as we grow up, and these assumptions that we create create these feelings of helplessness, loneliness, and sadness, which over 37% of 10- to 18-year-olds report feeling persistently. And then to make it even worse, most kids don't even know how to handle their feelings, and they don't know how to understand them, and we don't have the adequate support So they just keep these feelings repressed, which over time can be exhausting for, I mean, honestly, just about anybody. And uh, unfortunately, some people get exhausted to the point where they feel like there's no point in living at all. It's like every single year, more than, I forgot the number, or yeah, more than 800,000 people lose their life to suicide globally. And then more than 5,000 of those children, I mean, of those deaths are children. And this is just in the US alone. In fact, according to the CDC, at least one child has killed themselves every five days in the last 17 years. What are we doing about this? I'm not saying that we have to rally up together for the purpose of eliminating suicide, but I am saying we should rally up for the purpose of creating a generation of mentally and emotionally resilient children. Not just resilient, but emotionally intelligent, forward-thinking, solution-focused, and genuinely excited, enthusiastic for life. A a world where children know that they're good enough, loved, therefore they feel confident, safe, and driven enough to go and accomplish whatever they want to accomplish. A new world. One where anxiety, medication, antidepressants, and suicide becomes a memory. One where we thrive on our own medicine yes this is 100 percent possible and the answer is simple it may not be the easiest thing to do but it's simple and it's a revolutionized education period you see this idea of revolutionizing education came to me after me and my business partner we helped a few hundred people overcome anxiety depression fears self-sabotage and um, all of that using as you guys know neuro remapping which is a blend of hypnosis and timeline therapy and nlp a couple of techniques and using a lot of timeline therapy, we we guided our clients, and we guide a lot of our clients to the imagination, um, not to the imagination. We guide their imagination back to the past, back to past memories that are connected with the potential emotional conflict at hand, or like a behavior conflict. And we've seen that over ninety percent of these ninety percent of the clients that we work with over 90% of the time, they would find themselves in between the ages of five and 12. For example, um, another one of my clients was dealing with a constant compulsion to like punish himself. Like if he made a mistake, it was like the end of the world and he would harm himself because of it. And he had like this dramatic, like a really dramatic fear of failure and making mistakes to the point where he wasn't even making the kind of decisions he needed to make to become successful as he wanted to be um, at this stage. And he felt like his life was stagnant. And uh, I remember he said, um, you know, I don't even know if I could make it, you know, like suicide became real for this 33 year old man. And uh, he said, I remember he said, uh, after we worked together, he's like, I don't even know if I would, you know, if I would have been able to keep going. So as I took him through this process, he found himself in a memory where he was six years old being yelled at by his dad for disobeying him, right? And he was doing something that his dad said not to do. And he was like, my dad's about to throw me outside for being really bad. Then I asked him a really important question, as you all know, what are you making this mean? And then he simply replied, I have to be perfect or I don't deserve to live. pretty dramatic story, wouldn't you say? But he's a little boy. Of course, he's going to dramatize it. We all do that. I mean, in that moment, he he did what a lot of us do, whether we do it consciously or not, and he made up a story about himself, and he programmed himself, people say. And many times, again, these stories are limiting, self-destructive, and these decisions stick heavily when made in between the ages of 5 and 12. So I thought, what if my client at six years old at that moment could have said, you know what, my dad might be having a bad day, but he loves me and I am good enough no matter what. What would have happened then? I mean, if that would have happened, my client would have never had to deal with this problem in the first place. And then I thought to myself, what would my client would have needed? What would he have needed at age six to be able to make that kind of decision, to have the capacity to make that decision? Then the answer, it quickly came. Mental resilience and emotional intelligence. Huh. So if we normalize mental resilience, mainstream emotional intelligence in every household around the world, we can literally stop suicide dead in his tracks while simultaneously creating a generation of individuals who move their life in the world forward. Because resilience is the ability to bend and come back. Come back to yourself. Come back to the fact that you feel it in your bones that you are loved, worthy, and whole just as you are. Because when somebody is truly resilient and emotionally intelligent, they, they never question whether or not they are good enough, loved, cared for, or wanted. Instead, they feel it in their hearts, in their bones, in their nervous systems, and that they're worthy, that they're deserving of a beautiful life because their brains and hearts are in coherence. You see, if somebody loses their life to suicide, it's because there's a genuine belief that they are not worthy, loved, important, and they don't see a point in living. They have so much pain, they genuinely believe there's no other way out. And all we have to do is equip and empower children with the tools to bend and never break. That's it. That's not even the best part. The best part is that if we do this, we will literally simultaneously birth an entire generation of children who believe in their ability to overcome any challenge by using their unique skills, talents, and perspectives, and they will feel valuable to the human race. They will feel like they belong and they're the reason for being. So not only can normalizing mental resilience and emotional intelligence in society, in suicide, but even better, it can create an entire new world of possibility. And so at this point, the question comes to mind, how do we do this? How do you build a generation of children who grow up with the mental and emotional capacity to handle themselves and always know that they're worthy and deserving of a good life and therefore go and create that? Like I said, it may not be the easiest thing, but together we can do it. It's more simple than you think. The first step is to humanize education. There's three parts to this. This is the first one. Humanize education. When my nephew was eight years old, he experienced something some of us can barely even imagine experiencing. His mom suddenly passed away with 0 warning. He literally went to sleep one night with his mom. Woke up the next day and she was gone. This left him in shock. Can you imagine what this did to his nervous system in that moment? Suddenly, without his best friend. His mom, daddy. Loved, likes so much. Like, broke our family's heart into pieces when we lost her. And what broke us even more was the fact that my nephew had to grow up without a mom. In his mind, he didn't understand how or why it happened. And he definitely didn't understand how to handle the emotions that came with it. Still to this day, I only saw him cry, maybe like twice, three times. So one day I asked him, I was like, how do you feel? Not about his mother being dead. I just asked him how he felt. And he replied, I have anxiety. I get anxiety at night sometimes. And I don't know like how to deal with it. I was a bit taken back. I sat there and I wondered. Why didn't he know how to deal with this? Here he was being educated every single day. Yet he knew how to add, subtract, multiply, divide, but he had no idea how to handle his feelings. Why are we not teaching this to kids? If they're not thriving in the classroom, there's something emotional happening. So why are we not working there? I'm not saying that what we learn in school is pointless. I mean, a lot of it is, but not everything. It's not. But the fact of the matter is, is that we are not being helped by the information we are learning. Truly. Truly. So many children are suffering mentally and emotionally, regardless of their grade on their report card, and we are ignoring that. Our education system simply is not designed to tend to all the dimensions of the human experience. It's not that the education system is broken. It's built, it's doing exactly what it was built to do, produce everybody who thinks alike and thinks very, very narrow and ignores their entire experience. It's designed to focus on the intellectual faculties of the human experience. And this is a problem because we have mental, emotional, and somatic experiences that are very real for all of us. And my nephew had to deal with some of the heaviest grief after losing his mom and he didn't know how to fully process what he was experiencing. How many other kids you think are dealing with anxiety or big emotions without a clue on how to actually understand and handle what's going on? More than we know. In fact, 9.4% of children aged 3 to 17 globally have been diagnosed with anxiety disorders and 4.4% have been diagnosed with depression. That is over 8 million kids a year. By simply teaching children how to properly handle their emotions and process their thoughts, then they will be able to live without having to experience these kind of things. You see, because anxiety and depression, these are not byproducts of just being alive. They're byproducts of energy suppression or simply not knowing how to feel your feelings all the way through so they build up. If children were equipped and empowered with tools and processes that allowed them to to thrive, like emotional intelligence, breath work, somatic exercises, meditation, humanistic psychology, and learning how to use their minds effectively, then they would be able to constantly feel their feelings and thoughts all the way through. Opening up more mental and emotional space for them to very realistically go out there and create whatever it is that they want. But the problem is that most schools are built for the sole purpose of testing. I had a friend of mine who was a teacher and she even said they don't get their students if they don't get them to produce certain test scores and they lose funding and ultimately their jobs. So we cannot trust the public school system at all to solve this problem. They're stuck on operating the old way and have constraints that make it impossible to do any innovative thinking for the curriculum. Therefore, we need independent entrepreneurial endeavors that are working to fill this huge mental health gap. By building something that focuses on developing the mental and emotional skills needed to fully process emotions, understand and use their minds and reorganize their nervous systems, then we can very realistically get suicide at the root. But if we're going to get to the masses to adopt such a focus and get children that want to learn how to become emotionally intelligent, then we have to do two more things. And that moves me to the second part of these three, and that is gamifying emotional intelligence, gamifying it. You see, if we're going to require something for our children to go through, might as well make it really fun for them, right? In fact, that's the only way to get them to want to go through it. Thankfully, guys. The people who spend all their time gaming, they've already figured this out. <laughs> time and time again, gaming proves time and time again to keep students more engaged than any other form of Education. A study done by Science Direct in 2020 showed that when teachers gamified their curriculums, their students became more engaged. Up to 67% of them said that they looked forward to learning when the education was gamified and they were happy to come back to school. Not to mention, this also led to an increase of up to 89% for students who were educated using gamification factors. And this is, this is due to the simple fact that gamification releases dopamine in our brains. And a study done in 2001 by a group of scientists and psychologists showed that when dopamine was present, people would not only perform better, but they retained more information as well. They retained it a lot better because it, it leaves you feeling more motivated to learn. So the children will take it up on their own initiative to learn and implement that because their reward center will be turned on right there's so many ways to gamify our learning experience too and by doing this on a global scale we can easily create a world where children want to be the best version of themselves because it would genuinely feel good to do so and it will be fun and this also leads to more intelligent children and that's because gaming strengthens something called divergent thinking and divergent thinking is the ability to see a problem from many different angles and find solutions To find multiple solutions, should I say, to come up with the, I mean, multiple ways to come up to a solution. The more divergent your thinking is, the better off you are when it comes to personal problems as well. You don't get boxed in and feel hopeless without a solution. Instead, your mind has a natural tendency. It has the neural pathways to seek multiple solutions leading you to becoming more resilient in the face of adversity. So gamification is a win-win solution when it comes to building a thriving society through education. Now I know this all sounds good, but how are we how are we actually going to get get the kids to do this other than gamifying it? Is there another way? Well, there is. It's an easy solution. So a. A good friend of mine named Stephanie um, Schoolmeister, um, who was going to be doing some big things with us. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But she is a social and emotional specialist. She's been doing it for over 31 years with working with children and teaching them how to rise in resilience and really become their own superhero. And um, all of the children that she was working with, they were suddenly thriving in class. They were building healthy social lives. They were thriving outside of the classroom. And um, one of the coolest things that she shared with me was that one day she found out that her fifth grade students were coming together after school and on weekends to build a slide presentation to teach their parents and other kids how to use the social and emotional tools they were learning from Stephanie. How cool is that? I tell you this because it shows what happens when children are allowed to lead themselves. They will be constructive with their time and use it to help others every time. This is a natural tendency in all of us and left alone children will learn they will learn to own their own leadership and use it but we have to empower empower children with the decision making and freedom to do that we will not teach them emotional intelligence and mental resilience by telling them to do specific things every day we instead just equip them with the tools and let them be on their own which ones they want to use and how often they will use them and when they will use them let them find their own way and they'll actually want to. <laughs> You'll be surprised at how children lead themselves when you allow them this level of independent thought and experimentation with what, with what works best for their own minds and emotional bodies. That sense of empowerment will also release dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, endorphins, which are going to lead to naturally wanting to take lead and move in a positive direction. This also means we don't build a set curriculum, right? Of course, we build systems and processes that will teach them the skills that they need to have, but we don't force them to apply those things in any particular way. We let the children build their curriculum and follow their curiosity, and we have to let the children find opportunities to apply what they have learned, and trust me, they will apply the right tools at the right time if you simply let them use their own unique intelligence. That's it. And I know this sounds simple. But even starting with these three things in your household is more than enough to begin creating a new movement in the direction of holistic education and human, humanistic psychology. You see, this entire globe was shaken to its core in 2020. We all learned very quickly how ineffective the old ways are. And now we see that we can do a lot for our children in the walls of our own home. And anybody can start applying simple practices in their homes to help the world in their own way. You don't have to be an entrepreneur to do this. I know, said this is like for entrepreneurs to like solve this problem. Entrepreneurs to solve this problem, but you just really have to be a human who wants better for the rest of the humans who share this planet with you and your child and your family. Whether you experience, uh, whether you have experience in these areas or not, should not stop you from equipping your children with. The very simple tools that all of us have access to. And uh, at the same time, we know that there's tons of parents out there who want their children to build the mental and emotional skills that we wish we had growing up. But simply, they don't know how to do that or they don't have access to resources that can help them. And because of this, we actually created XAMEO. It is the world's first ever education and social platform where children build a resilient mindset, a mind of possibility and growth, and build the skills to thrive in every area of their life by learning how to process their thoughts intelligently, understand how their mind works, and reorganize and regulate their nervous system so they can thrive in and outside of the classroom. The way it works is actually, it's very simple. What you do is you go to www.zamio.co forward slash launch or just zamio.co. You create your seven. And by the way, that link will be in the show notes. You're going to create your seven to 12 year old child a zamio account with a few buttons. Right now, we're only targeting seven to 12 year olds, but we're getting ready to expand all the way to five to 18 as well. But at the time of this recording, at least seven to 12. What's then going to happen is they're going to gain access to an easy-to-follow and fully engaging gamified video series that teaches them how to understand their emotions, process their thoughts, and regulate their nervous systems while having a crap load of fun. And then they're going to connect to a social platform that uses an AI algorithm to match them with kids who have similar interests and complementary skill sets to mastermind weekly so that they can support each other, problem solve, and create a sense of belonging And we are launching in September. So if you want to join the launch group, it's going to be free for 60 days. And then afterwards, it's only going to be $37 a month. But if you want to join the launch group and you feel like your child can benefit from having the mental and emotional skills that you didn't have growing up, then just again, go to www.zamio.co slash launch, or you can just hit the um, link in the show notes below. And our promise is that, uh, you see, what we're doing here is to help you result in a child who knows how to handle and control their emotions, express them intelligently, communicate, communicate confidently, and courageously be themselves while simultaneously building a solution-focused mindset. No matter if you've tried all the parenting courses, books, attended the seminars, or even if you've already tried uh, everything or haven't even tried anything remotely close to this, this will help your children thrive and give you a sigh of relief as a parent. And knowing your child can handle anything that comes their way. Just go to wwwzamioco slash launch to get started with your 60-day free pass. And aside from that, let me end with this short story. One day I was uh, in the backyard working on this Zamio, you know, um, company, and I was in the brainstorming phase at the time, and I decided to ask my nephew a very simple question. I said, what, what frustrates you the most about school? And he said, I hate that they tell me how or what to learn. I said, what do you mean? He said, you see, I like to learn, but I hate when teachers make me learn stupid things and tell me how to do it, like reading. I love reading, but when someone tells me how to read something or when to what to read, I hate it and I don't want to do it. I said, so how would you change that? He said, by letting us learn what we want to learn and do it uh, when we want to do it. I said, and would you actually do it? He said, yeah, because I would want to. What a genius little boy he is, huh? I say that not to single him out. But I say that to highlight the natural genius that exists within all children. Again, i tell you this story because it's evidence that our children have the solutions. And if not, they have the resources to solve them. We just need to make sure They have the emotional capacity to do so.